0: intermittent fasting, and wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, the comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine <laughs> if it's that time. And get ready for the intermittent fasting podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass fed, grass finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass fed, grass finished steak tips all for free plus $20 off. That's right. to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. ButcherBox.com slash IFpodcast with code IFpodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes.
1: New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% 20 off their first order, beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome.
0: This is episode number 231 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast.
2: I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am great, still at the beach. It's exciting. It is. I've really enjoyed it. I had a friend that came and stayed with me and then another friend came and stayed with me and now Will is on his way to come and spend a few days and then I'll be going home. Nice. Yeah. We have a renter that's going to be here for the entire month of September. So <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to have to switch everything over. You know, it's different from when you're staying here versus when you're renting it. So anyway, I've really enjoyed my time here. It's just beautiful. The water is so warm in the ocean. That is nice. It is, yeah. What's up with you?
0: Do you know what's exciting about episode two hundred and thirty-one? Well, I don't. So every time we hit a a one, so like a thirty-one, a forty-one, a fifty-one, that's when I re-record the intros for the next ten episodes, and it just it's like a marker in time, like because I guess that's what two and a half months. It always just feels like just yesterday that I was recording. Time is flying. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. I have a funny story.
2: I don't know if I should share it. Well, then you totally should. I did something crazy. (laughs) Oh, well, everyone wants to hear this. Everyone's saying, share it, share it, share it. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I did
0: something kind of crazy last night. Well, if you think it's crazy, it's bound to be crazy. Go ahead. Okay, share it. Okay, you can let me know if this is crazy. I don't know. Okay, so... (laughs) So I've sort of had like a miniature crush on this guy who works at a Whole Foods here for like four years. <laughs> and um, I really want to talk to him. But every time I go into Whole Foods, I don't go into Whole Foods when I'm like dressed up and looking nice because like, why would I do that? So I was like, how do I be at Whole Foods dressed up and nice and talk to him? But I don't want to like dress up. And go to Whole Foods, and the, you know, like, <laughs> and if he's like not there, it's just silly. So yesterday, I it was a Friday, and I saw him during the day, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I could dress up, and it's Friday, and then I could come back later, and it would make sense that I would be going to Whole Foods dressed up on a Friday night. Like I could pick out some wine. Like it would it would make sense. My. <laughs> like why I was there in a cocktail dress. And then I was like, and then I can go home and I can take selfies for Instagram and stock up. So it'll, it'll all be productive. So I literally went to Whole Foods at like 8.30 in a cocktail dress, like full done up with makeup and then just went and sat in the wine section.
2: At 8.30 in the morning? No, at night.
0: <laughs> and then and I didn't think he was there. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm here for no reason. And then he walked by me and I like almost fainted. Well, did you talk to him? So, yeah, so then I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what do I do? So then I, I like picked out a wine and then I just like awkwardly walked around holding your wine, holding my wine because I
2: wasn't sure where he was. And I was like, I was like, I have to have an agenda. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? That's so funny. I can just picture it. I'm imagining you in your cocktail dress.
0: <laughs> he was at the cashier. So then I went to the cashier and he was like, hello. And I was like, hello. And he, he was like, are you going out? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> and then he's never asked me a question in my entire life. In my defense, I was going out. I was going outside after leaving. Well, there you go. There you go. He was like, "You look nice." I was like, "Thank you." And then I had this <laughs> And then I had this whole plan orchestrated cuz I wanted to have like an activity to do with him at the cashier register. So, you know when you have cards that it's like a prepaid card that has a random amount on it and you need to use like $3 and 11 cents. So I had two of those. So I was like, I need help with something. <laughs> I was like, can you help me with this? And then it was super awkward and embarrassing. Cause I, I hadn't used those cards in forever. So I couldn't remember the pens and then he had to like come around and help me. And like,
2: it was, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> and then I left. Well, you've made contact. Now, I have to give you advice from a 52-year-old who's been in a 30-year marriage. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You need to meet him looking scruffy next. Oh, but he's seen me scruffy like every day. That's the thing. That's what people see most of the time (laughs) around the house is scruffy. You don't need them to like you looking dressed up. You need need them to like you scruffy. He knows what I look
0: like because he sees me. He sees, well... I don't know. Maybe I look so different that he doesn't realize I'm the same person. I don't know. I was like, mission accomplished. Well, now he's seen you both ways. So that's good. Yes. And then I left and then I was really productive and took a lot of selfies for Instagram. So it was like the best Friday night ever.
2: Well, good. Now I've got to go look and see how you were looking on your Instagram photos. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. I just, I don't know. I go to
0: great lengths when I have something I want to (laughs) like meet a man at Whole
2: Foods. (laughs) So that's my story. Oh, I have to tell you something funny. Mm -hmm. Go. Here I am. Oh no, I'm logged in as cleanish Jen. Okay. I was like, apparently I'm not following you on Instagram, but that was my my other profile, (laughs) the cleanish Jen
0: one. It's my story from last night where I said, happy Friday. So that's what I
2: wore. Okay. So anyway, now I'm officially following you in all the places, not just the other one. Because I was like, why do I, why am I not following Melanie? That's so weird. What's wrong with me? Oh, there you are. Look at that. You look fabulous. That was before going to Whole Foods. There you go. Looking good. Happy Friday.
0: <laughs> I feel like in high school, I was like so nervous and I couldn't figure out the pin and I couldn't swipe the card. It was just, that's great. He was probably like, what is this girl doing? So good times. That's my life. Really brief announcement for listeners. Go to melanieavalon.com slash Peptase and get on the email list because we are signing the contract officially today, probably, and starting production Monday. Fabulous. So if listeners would like my Peptase supplement or more information about it or the pre-order special, it will probably never be that low of a price again. Go to that link. Well, I know
2: you're excited. I'm very excited. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So was that a crazy story? No, not at all. Okay. I don't seem like crazy. (laughs) No, it sounds fun. Okay. (laughs) You wanted him to see another side of you now. He's seen it. This is true. This is true. Next time, though, when you're looking all schlumpy. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him then. Yeah, because, you know, if I wear a mask, what do you mean? So then he can't see my face. (laughs) Why don't you want him to see your face? I don't know. That's the part that sounds crazy. (laughs) Well, he's already seen my face. Okay, so then let him see your face that's not made up. Okay. Your bare face. I, I, I promise you. Look, when we were in college, my college roommate and I noticed something funny. When we were all like, dolled up and going to the you know going to eat in the cafeteria everybody's like hey how you doing but let's say we'd been like lying out in the sun and we looked all scruffy and our hair was back and we hadn't showered and we had on no makeup i swear more guys talked to us then than if we looked fancy i think guys really like a a natural look a lot of guys i mean they they find that attractive so be confident that you look attractive in your normal face
0: Well, actually, I think there's one picture on my Instagram where I don't have makeup. And two guys have commented that that's their favorite picture
2: of me on Instagram. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We dress up and put on all that makeup really honestly for like other women. (laughs) The Men men like a natural look. So no mask. You let him see your naturalness. I promise. Do it. We'll see. (laughs) I'll report back. I never forgot that from when I was in college that, you know, she was right. You know, my college roommate noticed that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. After that, I was never as worried about, you know, do I have on makeup or do I not? And is my hair look? I don't know. Baby steps.
0: The problem is he literally might not realize I'm the same person. So what if I'm like that? And then I reference the card extravaganza and he's like, what is she talking
2: about? Who is <laughs> this girl? I bet he'll figure it out. I mean, you don't look, I can't imagine that you would look that different. Also, if he can't figure out that's still you, then he's not very smart and (laughs) just say goodbye. (laughs) That's my advice. True that. All right. Well, anything else new from you? No, that's all. I'm just enjoying my beach time, getting a little tan, getting some sun, vitamin D. Exactly. Hanging out with the lizard on my porch, all that stuff. All right, shall we jump into everything for today? Yes, we have some feedback from Andrea, and the subject is chronic inflammation getting better quickly. Andrea writes, Dear Jen and Melanie, I wanted to write and share with you my exciting news. I've struggled with my health for the past four plus years. I got Lyme disease in 2017 that eventually led to fibromyalgia and autoimmune inflammation and arthritis which put me in a vicious cycle of chronic inflammation. I've been in a tremendous amount of pain. Then in January of this year, I got COVID. My body never had a chance to recover before another issue would pop up and keep me inflamed or make me worse. I had tried every supplement to bring down the inflammation and calm my body, but nothing worked. I even did hyperbaric oxygen. If I heard of something that was supposed to work for inflammation, I'd try it. I honestly had given up. I not only was in a very unhealthy state with my weight, but really with my health, and I thought I'd just have to live with it. I had always tried to do fasting, but always would fast dirty, and it would never work. But with my latest issue in March that threatened to take away my vision, I decided to go cold turkey and fast clean. As an artist, the thought of losing my vision was just too much. This was the thing that finally got me to give up cream and my coffee. I had my CRP, C-reactive protein, and ESR checked in March, right before I started fasting clean. Both are indicators of inflammation in the body. Both were very high. CRP was greater than 10. The scale only goes to 10. If you are over that, they don't even give you a number on the lab. My ESR was 45, both extremely high and concerning. I'm happy to report that I just got my blood work back that I had done in July, and after only a little over four months of fasting clean on a 24 schedule and one long 48-hour fast, my CRP was 4.8, still high but coming down quickly. So just for listeners, it had been over 10. The scale only goes up to 10. She was over 10, and now it's 4.8. That is amazing. And then she says, and my ESR was in the normal range at 14. So it had been 45. Now it's 14. That's incredible. She says, I feel so good and have a ton of energy. I'm able to exercise and be very active. I've lost some sizes, about two, but I don't know what sort of weight loss I've had because I really want to focus on the healing and know the weight loss will follow. I want to share a bit of my story now to hopefully encourage others out there who are struggling with inflammation, pain, Lyme and autoimmune or any type of inflammatory illness. This is the first thing that has really worked for me. And I just want to share it with everyone. Thank you and take care, Andy. Now that's huge, Melanie. I mean, the clean fast is really, it's a non-negotiable. So she's had that much healing once she finally began fasting clean. Yeah, that's, an
0: incredible story. And you really wonder, you know, with a scale only going to 10, you know, it could have been anything. It could have been even way higher than 10. And it went down in four months to um, 4.8. That's amazing. I have not had ESR checked before. Have you? Not that I know of. Yeah. I know Inside Tracker that we partner with checks CRP. So, had you get CRP?
2: Have you had that done? I can't remember. I mean, I've done inside tracker, but it's been a while and I haven't, I don't remember. I'm always really obsessive with checking CRP.
0: That's just really, really wonderful. I love that story. And I love hearing it because a lot of times we hear feedback from people, amazing things like this, but it's just going from not fasting to fasting, but this was her going from dirty fasting to clean fasting and the difference there.
2: Right. I mean, you know... It's really hard for people to wrap their minds around what difference could a little cream make, you know, because this person says it's okay. That person says it's okay. So you're like, well, it's got to be okay. You're clinging to it like a life raft. <laughs> well, this person says it's fine. But honestly, then you, you let the clean fast take over and you fast clean and your body is not having to focus on digesting and working with even that tiny bit of cream.
0: Yeah, Exactly. A lot of people think that it will make it harder because they they really like whatever they're using during the fast. They think what they're having in the fast is making it easier. So they think the cream or the sweeteners are making it easier. But really, on the flip side, it's much easier without it for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, and I hear that over and over again on intermittent fasting stories. People you know, they are talking and sharing their story, and they're like, yeah, I didn't think that was true. I was doing it the other way and then I went to the clean fast and immediately it was better. I mean, I've heard that so many times now.
0: Yeah. So we are super, super happy for you, Andy. Thank you so much for writing in. That was a really
2: beautiful and incredible story and inspirational. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is excited to offer members a new way to explore their interests with the new Plus Catalog. This holiday season will certainly be more special than last. It's finally time to gather together and exchange thoughtful gifts with the people you care about. In the midst of all the holiday excitement, think about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership. Now is the absolute best time to do it with a special offer of 60% off your first three months. With Audible, you can listen to more of whatever you're into because Audible has it all. An unbeatable selection of audiobooks, tons of binge-worthy podcasts, and exclusive originals all available to download or stream. Here's what you get. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month, like the latest bestseller or hottest new release, yours to keep forever. You can listen to Melanie's book, What, When, Wine, or either of my books, Delayed, Don't Deny, or Fast, Feast, Repeat. And coming January 4th, you can listen to Cleanish. Here's the best part. You also get full access to Audible's streaming library, the Plus Catalog. Discover your next podcast obsession, check that audiobook off your bucket list, or get lost in a world of original content from celebrity creators, best-selling authors, and leading experts. The kind of stuff you can't hear anywhere else. Stream all you want, as much as you want. No matter where you're going or what you're doing this holiday season, you'll always have just the right thing to listen to at your fingertips. Now that I'm doing a lot of driving to the beach and back, Audible is the perfect companion for each trip. There's so much to choose from that I will never be done finding great options. Right now, for a limited time, save 60% on your first three months of Audible. That's only $5.95 a month. Give yourself the gift of listening. For more, go to audible.com slash ifpodcast, that's audible.com slash ifpodcast, or you can text ifpodcast to 500, 500 for 60% off your first three months. That's definitely a gift you'll love to give yourself. And now, back to the show. All right, so we have some more feedback.
0: This comes from Diane. She says, just listening to your 226 podcast, you may address this later, but I am walking away for now and I don't want to forget. I wanted to offer some anecdotal info. My friend's son has type one diabetes and she said in her couple years experience, the CGM has a lag time, something like up to 20 minutes. I actually helped fundraise for a specific service dog that monitors his body chemistry And it is far more accurate in real time as to blood sugar drops, even overnight. Isn't that incredible? To clarify for listeners, so Jen, so this dog, it can monitor
2: the blood sugar drops? Yeah, these dogs are amazing. I don't know what, they've got all these different senses that we don't have. I guess, I don't know, maybe you smell different. I have no idea what what they're noticing. But yeah. I've actually wondered, this is
0: a tangent really quick, but I've wondered if people with higher blood sugar levels are more sensitive to like mosquitoes and stuff like that. Because I've noticed like when I had better blood sugar level control, I was like impervious to like mosquitoes and getting bit. And then when I felt like I started, I don't know, having issues with that, I would like get bit and everything. I'd read like somebody saying that at some point that had to do with your blood sugar levels.
2: I should go down that rabbit hole. That's so interesting. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. There's so many things about us that we can't perceive. Because I'm guessing... Okay, this is like...
0: <laughs> this is going to come off as like completely awful. This is not true. But when mosquitoes suck your blood, I mean, they're using the sugar, right? I don't know what they're getting. I don't know. Okay, so I actually just <laughs> really quickly Googled. And so listeners, I have not dived in deep, but it looks like... Yes, mosquitoes use sugar as a fuel source, but it's probably not the determining factor into why they're attracted to certain people.
2: You never know, though. There, there might be something. If a dog can notice when your blood sugar is dropping, then it certainly is feasible that mosquitoes might be attracted to, to something. Yep. Just because we don't know doesn't mean it's not True. True. Okay. So the rest
0: of her question, she says, anyhow, thought you would like to hear that if you were unaware. And what she's referring to is that there's a lag with the CGM. She says also maybe your blood sugar AM spike. I don't know if she's referring to a listener who wrote in or just in general, but she says also maybe your blood sugar AM spike is just dawn phenomenon and not related, but just coincidental with your black coffee Oh, this is great because we actually have a question about this later, I think. But yeah, so what Diana is referring to, she's referring to continuous glucose monitors that Jen and I talk about a lot in this show. And basically, they're a really small sensor that you can just put onto your arm and it measures the interstitial fluid around your cells and can give you a reading of your blood sugar levels throughout the day. And yeah, it is understood that there is a lag somewhere between 10 to 20 minutes. So basically when you scan your CGM, it's probably what your blood sugar was 10 to 20 minutes ago. And you can if you have a glucometer, like a, a at-home blood sugar monitor, you can check it. That is something really good to keep in mind. And actually interesting Jen, I had the call this week or this week. Yeah, this week with somebody at Zoe because I'm well, I'm supposed to start that soon. I'm trying to get up the courage to eat the muffins. <laughs> but um, uh, so I asked her though if it's measuring because sometimes the CGMs, we've talked about this before, sometimes they are off by, you know, 10 points or something. And I asked her if that would affect the results, and I need to confirm this with Tim Spector when I interview him. But the representative that I talked to, she said their calculations is just looking at the change, not the absolute values. So the CGM could be wrong, like it could be off, but because it's not wrong with the difference and how it changes,
2: it shouldn't mess up the Zoe information. They're looking at the response, how it goes up or down after the input. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was
0: really cool. If listeners would like to get their own CGM, two links I have. You can go to Melanieavalon.com slash levels CGM. That will let you skip their wait list. Or you can go to Melanieavalon.com slash CGM and the coupon code MelanieAvalon will get you $40 off. Jen, have you got your level CGM yet?
2: I've got it. I'm not gonna put it on until I get home from the beach. I would rather have it and use it during more of a normal period of time for me versus traveling. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm about to put another one on once I start, Zoe.
0: So, exciting.
2: I also want to add, you know, Diane mentioned, you know, coincidence with black coffee. That's not a coincidence. When your blood sugar changes after black coffee, that's not a coincidence. It's because, you know, we know that black coffee can make your liver dump some glycogen. So, if you see your blood glucose go up after black coffee, that's not a surprise. It's Remember, it's not coming... From the coffee cup, it's coming from within your own body.
0: Yeah. So basically, you know, people experiencing spikes in the morning, there are two factors that could be leading to that. It could be making it even more exponential because there's the DOM phenomenon, like she spoke about, and then also the black coffee. The DOM phenomenon speaks to a natural inherent circadian, I guess it would be an infradian rhythm of cortisol. No, 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 ultradian ultradian
2: I don't even know <laughs> those words words are not words I can use in my vocabulary yet for some reason I
0: can't like get it to stick in my head which is which but
2: infradian is greater than
0: 30 days and ultradian is less than so ultradian
2: circadian is day to day so why wouldn't that be circadian it would right i said that wrong okay infradian
0: is greater than a day i didn't mean to say 30 a day circadian is a day 24 hours Ultradian is less than 24 hours. Wouldn't the dawn phenomenon be circadian? No, because it's speaking to the
2: fluctuations of cortisol throughout the day. But if they happen every morning at the dawn time, wouldn't that be once a day? Right, but it's how it's changing. So like cortisol changing, well, because cortisol changes throughout the day. But we're talking about the once a day dawn phenomenon. It's not called the dawn and then later on too. <laughs> Sorry. I'm being persnickety here with my vocabulary. So
0: I would have to Google this or think about it more. But
2: I mean, because dawn only happens once a
0: day. Right. It's naming one of the peaks of cortisol that happens. So like cortisol is changing throughout the day and there's a peak point known as the dawn phenomenon. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I would just call something that happened every day at dawn around dawn circadian because it's once every twenty four and the other peaks would be something else. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's just semantics. No, it's a good question.
0: So ultradian are biological circles occurring within twenty four hours. So like that is something that occurs within twenty four hours. And like the cortisol continues to change
2: after that. Yeah. Our bodies are, it's constantly in flux. A lot of our levels flux throughout the day. That's good. Good for people to keep in mind. Yes.
0: So, all right. Shall we go on to our questions? Yes. So this question comes from Pam. The subject is, oh my gosh, my instant coffee is full of sugar with exclamation points. And Pam says, hi, Jen. I just thought I'd share something with you that I discovered this morning I thought my Nest Cafe instant coffee was just freeze dried coffee. It says 100% coffee beans on the label, but it is far from it. There is no ingredient list on the jar. You have to Google it or scan the barcode for more information. Oh my gosh, sugar is the first ingredient. There are at least two more types of sugar, palm oil, and some other crap. Thought you'd want to share with your listeners as they too may find they have been spiking insulin all day. And then she has a frowny emoji. I've also got a story to share and it's a doozy. I've had no luck trying to reach you at Jen at IntermittentFastingStories.com. Anyway, thanks for all
2: you do, Pamela. Let me speak to that last part first, Pamela. You're spelling intermittent wrong. In the way that you wrote it there, you've got an A instead of an E. So, you got to spell intermittent with an E instead of the A. So, that's why. So, y'all, I am available at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com. Now, I don't answer intermittent fasting questions there, so don't send them to me. Continue to send those to questions at ifpodcast.com. Because I just don't have time, unfortunately, to answer all the questions. But, you know, it has to be spelled the right way. And I, it's a mouthful. I should have just been ifstories. <laughs> Jen at ifstories.com would have been easier. But no, it's Jen at intermittent with an E, fastingstories.com. Sigh. Why did I do that? Sometimes I even spell it wrong when I'm typing it. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to type. Typos are difficult.
0: <laughs> have you thought about buying ifstories.com?
2: No, it's not that big of a deal. People could, I think we could figure it out. I get plenty of people getting to me. (laughs) Just check your spelling, everybody. That's all I'm saying. Check your spelling. All right. So, yeah, that is absolutely frustrating. I know, because if it says 100% coffee beans, and then when you actually research, you find that that's not what it is. That doesn't seem like it would be legal, but everybody check your products. If there's no ingredients list, Google and try to find one that way.
0: It is frustrating
2: how this happens, I think, with a lot of products. Yeah. Like with wine, for example, like we know they they don't have ingredients lists. They don't even put labels on wine and what's
0: in there. We don't know. Yep. And it's actually not usually just wine. That really blew my mind when I first learned that. I was like, oh, listeners, if you ever have wine... And it's particularly like some cheap wine, and you notice that it really made your teeth red or purple. It's probably because it has a very common colorizer that is common in conventional wine to make it redder. You'll notice now if you go and have some cheap
2: wine and your teeth turn a little bit red. That's why. It's not the wine. Isn't that crazy? Years ago, I mean, over ten years ago, well before intermittent fasting and us doing this podcast. I actually made a a decision that I was not going to drink red wine in public anymore because of how crazy my teeth looked. I was like, I just don't want to look like that in front of people with those crazy red teeth. So I do not drink red wine in public anymore. That was what I I said to myself. And come to find out when we had Todd White on this podcast, and he's like, it's not the wine, it's the cart. I'm like, what? Anyway, so I still won't drink those wines in public, but I also won't drink those wines in private. (laughs) <laughs> Red wine—it's either dry farm wines or I'm not drinking it. If listeners
0: would like dry farm wines like us, they can go to dryfarmwines.com/slash/ifpodcast and get a bottle for a penny. My order just came yesterday. I get so excited when my new order comes. Uh, did you know, Jen? They also label the amount of sugar on the back.
2: Yes, I did know that. It's very cool because I look at the back. I look at—I always want to know where it's from. You know what country? What they have to—you know—that sort of thing. For every wine that they send, I really like how they relabel it like that. Yeah, they didn't used to do it. Their labels have changed since they used to, you know, like way. And also their wines have gotten better. Like over time, you know, when we first started, when did we first start partnering with them? Was it 2017? Has it been that long? It was forever ago. It's been a long time. But when we first started, their wines were a little more obscure and I don't wanna say weirder. Uh, that sounds bad, but they, the quality is, is like noticeably better now. As they've gotten bigger, the wines have gotten better. You know what I mean? Every now and then, a long time ago when we first started the wine, I'd be like, this one's a little weird. So
0: I'm so glad you said that. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, when it first started, the whites I actually always really liked, but the reds sometimes were a little watery or like I mean, I didn't mind drinking them, but I wouldn't know if always they would be a wine I'd
2: want to like, bring to a dinner. But now they're always like amazing. The, of course, if you find one and you don't like it, they do offer refunds if you don't like them at any time. You can just contact them and say, no, that one was a dud. They will take care of you. But for anybody who tried it a long time ago when we first started and they're like, yeah, they were weird. I didn't like them. Well, they're, they're really – I've noticed a difference now. Now there's, there's never a dud. I have two. Try again. Anybody who tried it and was like, well, those you know, might not be for me, try it again. If you're naturally a white wine drinker, I think the white wines are just incredible. They're all going to be, if you're like a sweet wine, they're not going to be super sweet is the thing. They're really fantastic. If you think you, you must have the sweet ones, train your palate to, to break away from that and it will surprise you. I used to think I liked the sweet ones, like, I mean, way back in the day. And now I realized I don't. It's so nice because I used to kind of shy away from white wines because I wouldn't
0: know if they would be too sweet, but the dry from wines ones are just, I don't know, they're really nice. And then the reds are, especially today, like you said, are just, I love them. Body-wise, they tend to be on the lighter side for reds, but they're very complex and nuanced and some are earthy, some are minerally, some are fruity. I could talk wine all day. What when wine? That's one third of it right there. If there's a certain type of wine you like, so say you're hearing this and you're like, oh, well, I really like heavy bodied cabs. If you email them, you can request for them to make a custom box for you of whatever type you like. So if, if you do want heavier reds, for example, just email them and say, hey, can you send me a, a box of your like, full bodied reds? And they'll, they'll customize it for you. Awesome. Great tip. So yes, I gave the link right for the free bottle.
2: Give it again. Dryfrontwines.com
0: slash IF podcast.
2: It really is worthwhile. I just can't believe how much it is. I wish you could just go anywhere and buy any wine. <laughs> but you can't. If
0: you're my friend, you now basically get dry from wines for your birthday. If you're a wine drinker.
2: <laughs> okay. This is perfect because the next question relates to something we just talked about. Absolutely. So this is from Bill and the subject is blood glucose. Bill says, ladies, I enjoy your podcast. I don't get the feeling a lot of men are doing IF, but might be wrong. Bill, you are wrong. There are a lot of men doing IF. Or a lot of men. A lot of men. I mean, there might even be, be more men doing it than women. I just feel like maybe more women join like the groups. That's
0: a, Yeah, that's a good question. I would love to know.
2: Like a lot of men, they just do it. They don't need a group. They just join. I mean, they just start... I guess a lot of the, the ones that are at the gym and,
0: you know, where they're all about the macros and the diet. But in general, they don't talk about their diet as much as women do.
2: Like, let me think about just my family and the people that I know that, that are related to me. Just the people who are related to me that are doing it. My brother-in-law is doing it. My brother is doing it. Chad does it. My sister-in-law does it. But, I mean, notice how many of the people I just named are, are men. It's mostly the men in my life are all doing it. Cal used to do it. Now he doesn't. Will does it. So in my personal life, more of the men that are related to me than the women do intermittent fasting. Anyway, so yeah, lots of men. They're just not joining groups. They just quietly do it. <laughs> all right. So although there are plenty of men in the groups, and hello to all of you who are are there. I'm glad you're there. All right. He goes on to say, my doctor suggested IF, and it's really working. I started my wife on it, and she is also succeeding. My question relates to blood glucose. I'm 60 and not a diabetic. I'm now doing a 24. Last meal by 6 p.m., but when I wake up and test my blood, it's 102 to 107, then drops as the morning goes on as I continue my fast. What's up with that? What's raising the glucose? Is this normal? Thanks. So, yes, this was perfect because we just discussed this earlier,
0: but there are two factors that primarily lead to higher blood sugars in the morning. One is the dawn effect. So the natural (laughs) ultradian rhythm of cortisol. And what's happening there is cortisol is prompting the liver to release its stored glucose in the form of glycogen into the bloodstream. So you're just releasing endogenous blood sugar that you already have in you. I might have to fact check that because it might also Perform gluconeogenesis. So it might actually create blood
2: sugar. I mean, are you creating it if you already have plenty in your liver? Would your body, your body wouldn't create it if you had some?
0: I actually don't know because my like weird random obsession with gluconeogenesis, I don't know why, but I'm very much fascinated by it. And the gluconeogenesis process, from what I understand, doesn't line up necessarily black and white with the level of glucose that you have either from your food or already stored. Like it's thought that, like I said, I need to research it even more, but I think overdoing gluconeogenesis when you actually don't need to be doing it is a major factor related to diabetes. I think it's possible you could be engaging in gluconeogenesis even with topped off glycogen tanks.
2: Yeah, I just don't know. I I would think that your body wouldn't,
0: but I don't know. So, like metformin and berberine, one of the proposed mechanisms of action
2: is that it's stopping that pathway. Okay, so it's like a healthy body wouldn't be doing that, probably, right? Yeah, exactly. But that would be part of if, if you were already going down that metabolic route and problems. That would make more sense. I think so.
0: And then I was reading a study now. I'm trying to remember. I was reading a study this week actually where this came up again, and it was I'm trying to remember what I was reading about, but it was talking about. The levels of gluconeogenesis while fasted versus after you eat and how in some people it can basically be the same. Like that process can basically just be going on. I should probably just do a whole episode on it. So yeah. So point being with the natural cortisol rhythm, there's a, a motivation in the morning for the body to produce or release blood sugar. So that can lead to your your higher levels. And then on top of that, coffee can also stimulate this. So, so yes, it is normal. It's good that it's going down because he says that it drops.
2: Yeah, that's true. Do you have any men or very many men in your Facebook groups? Yeah, it's probably what I've noticed is there
0: are, but I feel like they don't talk as much. I think it, you know, I should look at the stats. I'm sure there's a way you would know this better than me, Jen, if there's a way to just look at the
2: there absolutely is a way. That's how I know. Oh, is it a quick check? Yeah, it's it's in the admin area. You can mean just I can't remember what to click on, but in the admin panel, there's some things to look at where you can click it. And you can see where people are from. That was always interesting. Like the countries and the cities. And then you can see the percentage by gender. And also they break it down by age. So my Facebook group, IF Biohackers. Oh.
0: That is not what I would have thought.
2: So it's 92% female, 8% male. That's actually larger percent male I think than some of my groups. Oh really? Yes. So that's actually a pretty high percentage of males that it was always over 90% women. And again, I don't know if that's a function of just you know women being more likely in general to to join Facebook group, or maybe just the fact that they were so women focused that the men just maybe came in and said, "Oh, wait, this is all women," and yeah, you know, maybe not. But we always had a, a strong core group of men that stayed around and posted, and I appreciated hearing from them. You know, I, lo- I loved having the male members in the groups. I didn't want to have an all woman group, <laughs> but it just it just shook out that way. It wasn't purposeful, and so thank you to all the men who were actively contributing. To the to the groups back, but you know, before I left Facebook, because there were a lot of amazing men there that I got to know. It worked as moderators in the group and and that sort of thing. Their voices were valuable, and I considered them an important part of the community. Especially those men that are confident enough to walk into a group full of ninety percent something women and just engage. I loved it. Do you know what's interesting? My CGM Facebook group. So I have another Facebook group called Lumen
0: Biosense and CGMs, carbs, fat, ketones, and blood sugar. It's the exact same percent.
2: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I wonder, probably a lot of the people are in both of them. Like, it's a very similar, the same people.
0: My clean beauty and safe skincare group is 99% women. That's not a surprise either. 1% male. (laughs) So, oh, fun times.
2: Although they do have amazing men's products. Beauty Counter has great men's products.
0: My dad just, because at Christmas I gave him all the things and he just told me that he ran out and he needs more because they were really great products. And I'm like, I got you covered. And my uncle told me the same thing. Oh, it's so great. Counterman is, is their line. So ladies, if you ever need presents for men in your life, that's
2: actually a really great gift. It really is. Cause you know, men are hard to buy for, especially the men in my life. I don't know <laughs> what it is about that, but I guess they all are probably if mine are that hard to buy for, but yeah, get them the, the man's collection. And it's just really good stuff because they deserve clean beauty. Well, I don't want to say beauty. They deserve clean skincare also and products.
0: Wine and skincare, and we're good for presents. eventually want to order, so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website, so I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? what do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month Yes, completely free. Just go to Melanie to sign up free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. All right. So shall we go on to our next question? Absolutely. All right. So this question comes from Teresa. The subject is hungry after six months on clean IF. Teresa says, hello, ladies. Absolutely love your podcast. I've only just started listening. So binging at the moment, and she means binging on the episodes. She says, I'm only up to episode 25. So you may have answered this in the upcoming episodes. I've been following a fasting lifestyle on and off for almost two years. For the last six months, I've been clean fasting. My fasting windows change with variations of 177 to 23.1, depending on what's happening in my life, but my window is always in the evening. I generally aim for a four hour window of 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. one meal a day. I eat good food, homemade nutrient dense meals, and I avoid processed food for the most part. I drink wine occasionally. I don't follow any special regimen. I'm not paleo, keto, or vegetarian. Just recently, I found that I'm getting hungry and this is new. I've been fat adapted for a while and enjoy the energy and I'm usually ready to eat around 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. I'm now hungry in the morning after my usual black tea and I'm struggling making it through to 3 p.m. I thought it may be the tea. So I switched to water with no difference. I'm still hungry around 9 a.m. I'm wondering what's happening. I've recently returned to full-time work after eight months off, and I was wondering if I'm just needing more food as I'm more active now. I'm not worrying too much about weight loss, although I am still bigger than I want to be. I know I'm getting smaller, so I'm just going with the flow. I want the health benefits more than the weight loss. I will change my window this week to a 17-7 two-meal-a-day temporarily to see if it helps. Could it be that I'm depleted in something I'm not sure how to manage this. I want to get back to normal ASAP. Any ideas or suggestions would be appreciated. Many thanks, Teresa.
2: There's so much that could be, you know, making you feel temporarily hungrier. One clue is that you just changed your routine. You're back to work after eight months off. Now that, that seems to be coinciding with you being hungrier and you're more active now. So that could be it. You said that you're bigger than you want to be. So I don't really know what, you know there's a big difference between like, oh, you'd like to lose five more pounds versus you'd like to lose 50 more pounds. So let's say you only want to lose five, 10 more pounds. It's possible that your body has reached a point where it's really, really happy and you're at a healthy, ideal weight for your body, even though your mind might want to lose a little bit more, in which case, you know, your body's naturally ramping up the hunger because it's ready to maintain instead of lose more. So that could be it. Now, if you still have, you know, like 50 pounds to go, that wouldn't be as much, you know, something to think about. Really, the fact that you're just back to work and have a new routine, I think could be a lot of it. You just have to be your own study of one and see what you can do. It also depends on the kind of hunger that you're experiencing. If you're feeling shaky and nauseous and like, oh my gosh, I have to eat, that's different. That's like physically you need to eat. But if it's just a little bit, oh, I'm feeling a little hungrier. That doesn't mean you have to eat. Just ignore it. See what happens. And you know, thirty minutes after that first wave of hunger, do you feel better? Because that's usually what happens for me. You know, I went for a long walk on the beach yesterday, and when I came back in, I was hungry, and it was like you know, eleven in the morning or something, and it wasn't time for me to eat. But I had just done a lot of activity, but I ignored it. Didn't eat. Then I recorded a podcast here from here at the beach. Then I got busy and did some shopping, and then it was like five thirty, and I still hadn't eaten yet. And I just forgot that I'd been hungry, and I was like, "Oh, after I finish this podcast, I'm going to eat because I'm so hungry." And then I went and ran an errand, and then I forgot I was hungry because I, I was busy. So really, just pay attention to the kind of hunger. Is it the shaky, nauseous? Oh my gosh, I have to eat. Hunger that's different than. Wow, I'm hungrier than I had been being, which does pass. So be your study of one, keep experimenting and see what feels right to you.
0: I love everything that you said there. This might be a situation where Teresa might find some insight from wearing a CGM because it would be interesting to see when you're experiencing this hunger, you know, are you getting hypoglycemic? Like, is your blood sugar dropping or? is it I think one of the most fascinating things that people can experience with CGMs is realizing how their perception of hunger may or may not correlate to ironically low or even potentially high blood sugar levels. So maybe getting a CGM and seeing what happens after you eat, what happens when you fast, and then with that, I know she eats, you know, nutrient dense foods and not a lot of processed foods, but playing around with the foods that you are eating might also help. Like if if you've never tried keto, that works really well for some people with hunger. Like for some people that gets rid of their hunger, some people they're always hungry. So it's just something that if you haven't tried it, that might be something really interesting to try and see if that helps with your hunger.
2: I would not suggest trying vegetarian for hunger. I don't know. No, seriously though, there are a lot of people who feel great vegetarian. I'm one of those people. When I eat more vegetarian- Versus when I ate keto, the difference is striking. Just FYI. Do you eat like completely vegetarian for more than a few days in a row? Probably. I don't really think about it. Like here at the beach, I'm more likely to be vegetarian a lot of the time. Like, and when I say vegetarian, I'm not vegan, obviously. I like yesterday I had eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't always have eggs. Eggs and beans, you know, I get plenty of protein, but you can be vegetarian and still get plenty of protein just without animal. Animal meat, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you can. Maybe for Teresa, she's the type that like her gut microbiome can really utilize a vegetarian diet. I feel like for a large amount of people, protein provides a lot of satiety, and not everybody has the gut set up to really thrive on vegetarian. Some people do. It just wouldn't be my first choice of something to try, but definitely try it. Maybe it is the thing. (laughs) Maybe it is the thing that would make you. So I'm glad
2: you said that. In any case, I would really focus on, for hunger, I would really focus on protein. Well, she says she eats homemade nutrient-dense meals. So I wouldn't think that, I mean, it sounds like she's getting great nutrients. Yeah. I just mean like focusing on protein
0: specifically for. Satiety. Yeah. But I I like what you said, Jen,
2: about when it lines up with her big change. And so I think that's probably a big factor. When something changes and you notice other things are different, it's usually something is, is, you know, causing that. Yeah.
0: All right. So we have a question from Allie. The subject is alternate day fasting. Allie says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I started listening to both of you after I had my first baby in 2018 and I learned about fasting. I had to stop breastfeeding sooner than I would have liked. I had my second baby in November, 2020, and I'm back to fasting since I sadly... Again, she had to stop breastfeeding sooner than she would have liked. When I first started fasting a few years ago, I fasted 19 to 20 hours every day and had amazing results and even better. I felt amazing. In the last few weeks, I have started 36 hour fast because I just wasn't feeling great doing 20 hours like I did before and was not getting results. The ADF has been going well so far and I am seeing the scale move again. My question I know that both of you stick to 19 to 20 hours and that is your preference. Most of the people who write in also seem to fast this long. And I've listened to podcasts where you answered questions about longer fast. Both of you always answer that longer does not necessarily mean better. I think I am misinterpreting your answers and I have it in my head that you don't support longer fast. Please, please correct me if my assumption is wrong. Is there a reason for why you say longer is not better? Do you still support ADF, even though it isn't either of your preference? I would love to hear. Thank you for all the work that you do. It truly keeps me inspired and going. Intermittent fasting has
2: changed my life. Much love from Canada, Allie. Yeah, that's a great question. And let's analyze that word better. Longer doesn't necessarily mean better. But that doesn't mean we think it's worse. So really unpack what I just said and think about it. You know, let's say someone's fasting for 20 hours consistently and they're not getting the results, maybe longer would be a good strategy for them. We don't say that it's always necessarily better. Keep that in mind. So if you're a listener of the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast, and if you're not, I would encourage you to to listen. I have many stories of people who do an alternate day fasting approach And a lot of them are like, oh, gosh, I was scared to do it. And then I decided to do it. And it's been amazing. So we hear that all the time from people who really love it. And if you read Fast Feast Repeat, I mean, I've got a whole section in there on ADF, a whole chapter. And if I did not support it, I wouldn't have put it in there if I thought it was bad. I actually do have a section in Fast Feast Repeat where I caution you against doing fasts 72 hours and beyond unless you're under medical supervision. And I'm very specific in Fast Feast Repeat that these longer fasts are not recommended for weight loss, according to what I have you know, found in the research. So, you know, in Fast Feast Repeat, I wouldn't have put it, like I said, if I didn't recommend it. So I absolutely recommend it for anyone who feels great using that approach. I like to eat every day. That's my personal preference. I know many people who feel great on an alternate daily fasting approach or even, you know, I have a section in there where I talk about what I named the hybrid approach where instead of a strict alternate daily fasting where it's up day, down day, up day, down day, alternating like that, or even a 5-2, instead a hybrid approach where sometimes you have a down day followed by an up day, then the next day might be, you know, nineteen five, and you really just mix it up to suit you. So, just because I personally feel better eating every day doesn't mean that I think that's the approach everyone should follow. And whenever I say, or we say, longer doesn't necessarily mean better, that doesn't mean that it's worse either.
0: Yes. I thought that was a beautiful answer. I'll just share my thoughts on the longer fasting. I think basically for me, I think that the benefits of intermittent fasting in a lifestyle for the, you know, for weight loss and for the health benefits, it's practiced. There's that circadian word. I don't know if that's the right word for this, but it, you pra- it's practiced like with a daily fast. And if it's seemingly not working, I believe for most people, the sustainable answer is not to necessarily fast more, that there's m- much more potential that can be achieved by tweaking what you're eating and then continuing with the same amount of fasting. I think with the phrase more is better or more isn't better, I think it's just because we're trying to discourage this idea that if people aren't getting the results that they desire, the automatic thought is, oh, I just need to fast more. And that's just a slippery and misleading slope because that's probably not the answer and it can often backfire. So I think that's what we're trying to discourage people from falling into. Like when it comes to longer fasts, I think they're really great. I don't think that their purpose, their quote purpose is the purpose that people who find themselves in the situation turn to them for. So like Jen said, they're
2: not for weight loss. Well, the ADF is for weight loss. Sorry. Yeah. I'm talking about longer fasts, like multi day fasts. Extended when you get out of the ADF paradigm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is not ADF. So talking about extended fasting, I think they have a lot of benefits. Things like, you know, complete digestion resets or stem cell activation or cellular cleanse, kind of things like that Dr. Walter Longo talks about with his work it's not for weight
2: loss. That's my thoughts on the extended fasting. It's more for like healing. Right, right. So extended fasting, not for weight loss. Alternate daily fasting, great for weight loss. But you have to feel good in the pattern. How do you know it's not right for you? If you ever start feeling the urge to binge, that's a sign that what you're doing is not right for you and your body is. It needs you to switch it up.
0: I mean, it's a thing for me where I probably don't, Recommend ADF. I could recommend it as something to try, but I can't recommend it with like a passionate testimonial because for me, it doesn't work for me. (laughs) But it is something to try and I'm not against it in any way. And Jen and I both have sections on it
2: in our books. And I actually did it for a couple months back in 2016. Yes, in the spring of 2016, it was right after the obesity code came out. And the reason I switched to it is because, you know, you read the obesity code and he's like, in the back, that's what he's got. It's alternate daily fasting. I'm like, oh, that's what he has in the back. I'm gonna try that now. <laughs> so I did it. You know, it's a great strategy for lowering insulin even more because you're fasting longer, and then you have that up day that keeps your you know, metabolism from adapting. So it's a great strategy if you know you're insulin resistant and you really want to target that, or if you've been doing the daily eating window approach and you feel like your body might have adapted, like let's say you felt great on 23-1 and you've been doing 23-1 and it's been wonderful and you've done it for a few months, then all of a sudden boop, scale is at a screeching halt. You're not losing any more weight. You may need to shake it up with just a little bit of an alternate daily fasting approach. That doesn't mean you have to do, you know, full on every other day. You could throw in a couple of down days a week, followed by a couple of up days, and that might be enough, you know, to get that metabolism going again. The updates are so important when you're doing that. Yes. I'm really glad we got this question from Allie though, because I think it's nice to clear up our thoughts on all of this. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, we can say something and people interpret it. Oh, well you, you don't like ADF or you, but that's not it at all. Somebody sent an email. We're not answering it today, but just this past week where they're like, said I was hostile to keto or something. <laughs> Did you remember? Did you read that one? And I'm like, that's so interesting that someone has listened and, and come away with the idea that I'm hostile to any eating style because I'm not. Just because an eating style didn't work for my body doesn't mean I don't believe it's completely right for somebody else's body. So every time I say that keto didn't work for me, that is not me secretly telling somebody that it was not going to work for them. Same with me,
0: like what I was saying earlier about vegetarian I don't think it works for a lot of people, but if it works for you, it works for you. And I have, I think Jen and I both are just about finding
2: what works for you. And we are not wedded to you doing any one thing. And I, I think it's the difference between if people are just listening to the podcast versus if they've read my books. You know, If you've read the books, you can see, oh, she does talk about ADF in there and recommend it. Or, oh, she does say find the way that works for you and if you're insulin-resistant. You may need to lower your carbs. So if you just hear, you know, the title of my book, Delayed on Deny, or hear me say keto didn't work for me, you might be really confused. (laughs) I've got a lot more behind the scenes, you know, in the books. Yep. Context and nuance. Absolutely. Yes. All right.
0: Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. The show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 231. The show notes will have a full transcript and links to everything that we talked about. You can also get all of the stuff that we like at ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. And you can follow us on Instagram. We are IF Podcast. I am Melanie Avalon, Janice Jen Stevens. And I think that is all the things. All right. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. And I'll talk to you next week. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.